I love you guys. <laughs> All right. So I grew up in a Christian home and had the privilege of experiencing healthy family dynamics. My first radical encounter with the Holy Spirit was at a youth camp when I was 12 years old. I began speaking in tongues after one of the worship sessions and leaders they spoke words over me that marked my life. I returned to my home church with a passion to serve the Lord and one of the ways that I knew how to express my love for him was through dance worship. I know that comes as a surprise to many of you. I began to co-lead a dance ministry important to the lives of many young, young girls and young adults. My pastors, parents, and family friends were extremely proud of me and would constantly single me out as a Christian poster child. I know many of you can relate. Then, the moment that every teenager longs for finally came, drum roll, I moved out of my parents' house for college. I had dreamed of this moment for years, it seemed like. What would my life look like without rigid rules? That's what I called them. And immediately, I was drowning with tests and homework, studying for eight to 16 hours a day and barely surviving in graduate school. I would go to church whenever I could, but that was not enough time for me to seek out community. I unknowingly isolated myself from a community that could have reminded me of what the truth was when I myself couldn't see it or didn't want to see it. So then a slow drift took its course and it's ever so subtle. I began to live a life that met the world's expectations mimicking party scenes from a typical college party portrayed in Hollywood. Except Hollywood doesn't always show the lonely nights, the empty void you feel when the loud music stops. <laughs> the unmet longings, etc. My boyfriend at the time called himself a Christian, um, but he honestly was not interested in a relationship with Jesus. Um, I was content to at least be able to call him a Christian and I know that many of us can also relate. <laughs> I compromised physical boundaries, which led to me carrying so much guilt and shame. And this lifestyle went on for a few months. And after a series of events, my boyfriend and I broke up. That night, I felt so alone, <laughs> stripped of everything that had once given me confidence and felt a deep longing for a life that had something more to offer. Okay, I remember crying very bitterly thinking, this is not who I am, how did I get here? I don't even recognize myself. At that point, I knew I had to make some changes. I wanted to feel free and whole again. I sought out community like never before and I met some people that changed my life. People my age were talking about prophesying, about hearing what the Lord had to say in their lives before making important decisions about what it meant to worship the Lord in their day-to-day -day activities and witnessing crazy healing miracles and et cetera, et cetera. I immediately yearned for a mature relationship with the Lord, one very similar to what I was seeing all around me. While pondering this, I realized that somewhere along the way, I lost sight of my identity. I didn't really know who I was or what I was called to do, but I knew in my heart that the Lord could provide breakthrough in that area of my life and reveal my true identity. Let me take a second to speak on what breakthrough means to me. Since I work in the medical field, I often hear the phrase, there's a new breakthrough pharmacological agent on the market. And this means that there's a new medication that not only does something that others cannot do, but it paves the way for future advancements in medicine. 
After years of research, medical scientists have pushed forward and finally discovered a new binding site or a new receptor in the body that this new drug can now target. Breakthrough has so many definitions in a dictionary, but I want to focus on this one, a sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique. While seeking breakthrough in my understanding of my true identity, I realized I had to make time to listen to the voice of my Heavenly Father. Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14 says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Now, I didn't see this as an invitation to some hide-and-go-seek game with God or in which he's hiding in the most obscure places, trying to avoid being seen. Instead, I got a picture of a father inviting me to have coffee with him, challenging me to make time in my busy schedule and prioritize him above other things that steal my attention. I heard a promise behind that wise advice in Jeremiah, a promise that I would not be disappointed with the aftermath. During that season, I sought out the Lord like never before. I developed a hunger for spiritual growth, and the Lord was true to his promise. I began to understand that I was a daughter of the King of Kings, a king with unlimited heavenly resources that has my best interest at heart, a king who cared about my hurts and was working with me to heal them, a father who, even after I had chosen to live a life without him for some time, loved me still with the same passionate, overwhelming love, in our quiet times together, which to me meant hiking outdoors or a coffee date with the Lord or alone time in my room, a damn worship session when I was home alone so no one would make fun of me, he would speak things over me like, you are mine and I am so proud of you, daughter. Nothing you can do would ever cause me to stop loving you. You are pure, righteous, redeemed. The first time I shared this part of my life with a friend, he asked me, well, did you ever tell your parents about your time in college? Well, my silence on the other end of this phone conversation was sufficient for him to probe even further with, do you plan on telling them? I really think that you should, because when you expose to the light the very thing Satan is trying to use against you to shame you, then you not only have God's grace completely covering it, but you also destroy Satan's weapon. As impossible of a feat as this sounded, I knew that the Lord had been tugging at my heart regarding this subject, and this was just a confirmation. I dreaded telling my parents, not because I felt they would love me less, but because I was ashamed of those years, and ashamed that even though I knew better, I still made some choices that I knew would not make them proud. I also felt like it would shatter their perception of me as a perfect Christian poster child. Why can't I just leave things how they are? I asked myself, I learned my lesson, and I don't, I don't think they really have to know that that ever must ever happened. But let me tell you, after gathering enough courage to tell my parents, I then debriefed with the Lord, and I then understood what Jesus meant in John 8:32 when he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It wasn't, telling, it wasn't that me telling the truth of what happened during my college years set me free. Instead, this passage alludes to a believer genuinely getting to know Jesus, and then Jesus himself, also known as the truth, sets him or her free from the shame and guilt that Satan tries to hold over them. If we keep reading further in John 8, Jesus explains, anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is in fact a slave. A slave can't come and go at will. The son, though, has an established position and can run the house. So if the son sets you free, you are free through and through. 
It's like when you accidentally stain a white t-shirt with this bold red spot, thanks to your oh-so-tasty spaghetti sauce. I hope I'm not the only one. You clean it and you bleach it, but you still need to leave it out in the sunlight to get a fresh scent. Sin had spread a scar that stained in our soul, and Jesus' blood washed for good. However, exposure to the light casts out shame, and you are filled with a scent of grace. Shortly after experiencing some breakthrough in this season, I got a vision of me worshiping the Lord while I was swaying from side to side, and if you've seen me in worship, it looks something like this. A little awkward, but... Then Jesus appeared and began dancing with me in a waltz. As we were dancing, I heard Jesus whisper to me, you are dancing with me again, following my lead, and your heart longs to be one with mine. Your life will now begin to impact women around you. And as we were waltzing, I started to look around, and some of thousands of girls, young women, they started standing up, and they started swaying the way that I was swaying before. This is what inspired my tattoo, a time to dance, not only in reference to one of my passions and one of the ways I connect with the Lord, but also marking the metamorphosis I was experiencing and shifting towards a season of influence. To paraphrase my story, I gained breakthrough, also known as an advance in knowledge and my identity. Some of the tools that I used to press into a season of breakthrough were one, growing a community, two, scheduling some quiet time with the Lord, and three, bringing things into the light. I ended my 2016 thinking about specific areas that I wanted breakthrough in for 2017. And one of them was to conquer my fear of public speaking. So I'm starting off this year with a bang. <laughs> um, I want to challenge you to think about areas that you're wanting breakthrough in this year. I pray that any fear that is holding you back from the tipping point achieving your breakthrough is cast off in the name of Jesus. That the Lord speak to you clearly during those quiet times with him and stir your heart for a passion for spiritual growth. And that the Lord use your breakthrough as a catalyst for change and breakthrough in the lives of those surrounding you, your friends, your family, and anyone in the spheres of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. I just love to invite people to uh, face their fears down. There's sometimes I'll call on people to come up and pray, and they are people who have told me they will never do that. And their prayers are so powerful. So I just encourage you, whatever the enemy is trying to get you to be quiet about tonight, if there's a shame in your life, there is no sin that you cannot talk about in this place. And if you come week after week, you're gonna hear people give a testimony about things that they've done. You will not surprise us. You may have different details, but somebody on our leadership team has done it. It may have been me. So just keep coming. We're so glad that you're here.